0: You're listening to OMAG All Access, a podcast about all things affecting municipalities in Oklahoma. Hosted by OMAG Executive Director, Susie Paulson.
1: Hi, welcome to the OMAG All Access Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking to Kelly Burley, who is are you the Executive Director of Common Bonds.
2: Yes. yes. Hi, Susie. Hi. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. Um, so, I talked to you or got to hear your presentation at the Municipal League Conference and I was just amazed because I had no idea this resource was even out there. So I'm going to throw it to you to tell the listeners what Common Bonds is.
2: Sure. Well, we are a, um, what's known as a collective impact. Uh, organization that is comprised of more than three dozen animal welfare organizations across the state of Oklahoma. And we're unified around a shared goal to increase the statewide save rate of shelter animals to 90% by 2025. And we have some significant challenges in Oklahoma to get there. Uh, we currently are facing a a shelter overpopulation and euthanasia challenge. And so we work with municipal shelters, we work with nonprofit shelters and rescues, and we work with communities to try to elevate the conversation uh, about why this is so important for our state.
1: Yeah, that it's it's such a needed resource out there. I remember in one of the participants in the class at OML was from a very small town in Oklahoma, and she really wanted to start some sort of animal shelter, but they didn't necessarily have the resources. She didn't even know where to, to start, where to look, um, who to talk to. And so can you help small towns that have issues like that?
2: Absolutely. And and one of the things that we really do, Susie, is we're really in the game of connecting resources with needs and so we have a network of people that we partner with throughout Oklahoma that can provide guidance and resources and that sort of thing uh, to help somebody if they want to start a nonprofit uh, shelter or rescue in a community and there are some best practices that you know along the way that can help these folks as they're uh, beginning that journey and so that's to me that's one of the great things about common bonds is just the fact that we we kind of serve in the that role of bringing people together and uh, bringing people together that have expertise in various areas and sharing those, that knowledge to help move the needle forward in Oklahoma.
1: Yeah. So I don't know the history of common bonds, but can you, what is the history of common bonds? How did it get started? Like who, what? What facilitated
2: all of this? Sure. Well, really, this was uh, this is a um, an initiative of the Kirkpatrick Foundation, and the Kirkpatrick Foundation has a an overarching goal to make Oklahoma the safest and most humane place to be an animal. And so, in twenty eighteen, the foundation brought together nearly a hundred uh, organizations from across Oklahoma to begin looking at uh, this. Shelter population and euthanasia challenge. And when I say challenge, let me throw out a couple of numbers for you. Once every six minutes, an animal, a cat or dog, enters an Oklahoma shelter. Once every 45 minutes, a cat or dog is euthanized in this state. And so we rank ninth in the country for most animals euthanized, according to the latest data from Best Friends Animal Society. And we took in more than 90,000 cats and dogs in 2021 in our state's 120 animal shelters. So, you know, know, a a way to really look at this that that may drive this home, have you been to the University of Oklahoma's home football stadium?
1: I have. I'm actually going this weekend. My son's in the the pride.
2: Well, you know how big it is. It yes. seats more than 80,000 people. Yeah. So you could literally put a cat or dog in every chair or every seat at Oklahoma Memorial Stadium and you'd have another 10,000 animals roaming the field if you were to take that yearly intake number and deposit those animals at the football stadium in Norman. So to me, that just. Underscores just how significant this challenge is, and why it's so important for us to find some solutions. So, getting back to your question, yeah, and these organizations were brought together to really take a look at, you know, what could be done to overcome this uh, challenge. And out of that came this idea to create a collective impact organization where a number of entities are partnering to come up with a solution and so that's how common bonds was born and and many of those players who were in that initial round of meetings many of those folks continue to this day to supply their expertise to to help encourage other shelters and other communities to step up and be part of the solution and we're making progress and so i'm just thrilled to be part of this organization
1: yeah, it sounds sounds like a great cause, and that visual of Memorial Stadium with the dogs and cats is dramatic. I mean, that that's
2: yeah. When you think about uh, the numbers of, of cats and dogs entering a shelter, um, obviously the the major cities, uh, Oklahoma City and Tulsa, are the are obvious just because that's where the people are. But there are other communities that that have a significant number of animals. You know that are coming into their facilities every year. Places like Ardmore, Woodward, Tahlequah, Bartlesville. So it's not just the Tulsa, or Oklahoma City situation. It's a statewide challenge, and that's why we are you know scattered throughout the state, and we're building relationships with shelters, with communities, looking to help them be part of that solution.
1: Yeah, it's it's an awesome. Um, opportunity i think so what about you know when tracy was here with sand springs we had talked about some different grants and things that she had applied for does common bonds offer those or do you help these municipal animal shelters find those grants do you help them write? like what role do you play with with regard to that
2: well we're not in the grant game but we can certainly uh steer shelters toward those resources and and a couple of the really fantastic resources that are out there one of them is uh, to become a network partner with best friends animal society And a number of municipal shelters are already network partners, but we encourage every shelter in Oklahoma to be part of that network partnership with Best Friends because they are a pipeline to grants and resources to help shelters institute best practices, which ultimately helps them save more animal lives. So Best Friends is a great place to start. There are a number of other national organizations that we can connect shelters to. Everything from Maddie's Fund to the National Animal Care and Control Association that have Sources that have information, that have knowledge, that can really help shelters uh, navigate these challenging numbers that we have here in Oklahoma.
1: So what do you see is the biggest challenge? Is it just that there's so many? Or is it spay and neuter? Or is it uh, just owner responsibility? Is it all those things? And, it, in your mind, what's the, what's the biggest challenge? It,
2: it's a big puzzle, right? Yeah. And all of those things that you mentioned are important. Obviously, the long game is spay neuter. If we had access to affordable spay-neuter statewide, we could get out in front of this problem. But it's a challenge, and it's a challenge for a number of reasons. One, there's, quite frankly, a major shortage of available veterinarians to do the work. The other is that uh, in places where there may not be a lot of access affordability becomes a challenge for a lot of pet owners because of the costs associated with the procedure now there are some low, uh, low cost options that can help reduce those numbers but accessibility and affordability are a big key to a robust spay neuter service. And unfortunately in Oklahoma, that's a bit of a challenge, particularly in rural areas of, of the state. But that's one of the things that we really try to focus on is spay neuter as being one of the most important long-term solutions to the problem here in Oklahoma. And, and then the other is just, you know, culturally. I think some Oklahomans are reluctant to have their animals spayed or neutered for one reason or another. But at the end of the day, if we're going to get out in front of the shelter population explosion in this state, we have to have affordable and accessible spay and neuter services available to pet owners to get out in front of this problem.
0: OMAG All Access would like to thank you for listening to this podcast. For your time, we would like to offer you the chance to win a pair of OMAG All Access Bluetooth headphones. To winner, all you have to do is head to www.omag.org forward slash all access and click on the corresponding image at the top of the screen. Follow the directions on the giveaway page and you will be entered. Good luck.
1: Well, have you heard of any, any programs that any municipalities in Oklahoma are doing that you think should be modeled in other
2: Cities. Well, one of the things that we do uh, as an organization is we recognize communities that are doing well, who have a save rate over 90%, who are reporting their data in the national database Shelter Animals Count, which that's another thing that we really encourage every shelter to participate in because by reporting your data, uh, it and and having access to that larger set of numbers, you can make some informed decisions about your operation. So we really encourage shelter managers and city governments to promote the idea of participating in uh, reporting data in shelter animals count. But yeah, we recognize communities that are doing well already. We have a certified communities program and already we've recognized uh, the city of Norman, the city of Ponca City, the city of Enid, and the city of Altus for various things that they're doing to, um, to move the needle forward. Ponca City, for example, they have passed a resolution calling for the city to be a no kill city. uh, And that means to be saving at least 90% of the animals that come into a shelter down in Altus, the the local shelter works in concert with the nonprofit community to really come up with solutions to to drive those numbers of animals entering the shelter down, you know, whether it's a new shelter being built, whether it's uh, being at or above 90%, whether it's reporting your data in shelter animals count, whether it's a new set of uh, ordinances that promote animal well being. All of these are factors that we use when we're going in to recognize the community for the things that they're doing well.
1: That's awesome. I didn't know you did that, yeah. so I'm glad I asked that question.
2: That's we'll be coming, hopefully, we'll be coming to a city near you soon. I know we're already talking with our friends up in Miami, uh, hoping, hoping to get up there in 2023 and uh, several other communities across Oklahoma.
1: Great. Well, what else would you like to tell us about common bonds? Is there anything that I haven't touched on that you would like to share? Any upcoming events or
2: sure? No, that you're dealing with. I would just like to really tip my hat to the pros that are uh, that have rolled up their sleeves and and they have their boots on day in and day out, caring for these animals that that enter their facilities. This is not glamorous work. It's it's. Difficult work. It's not nine to five. It is. They see a lot of heartache come through their doors. Abandoned animals, animals that are surrendered for one reason or another, animals that maybe have been hit by a car, and so they see uh, they see some difficult things in their line of work, and they they do one heck of a job in saving those animals lives and in being a community resource. And And I think one of the things I'd really like to drive home in this podcast is to really elevate the idea among municipalities that animal shelters, their animal shelters and their animal services are every bit as important as the police and fire services in a community. And we really operate under the vision that where animals are doing well communities tend to do well and where animals are struggling communities tend to struggle and so we really hope to to reset the conversation to elevate that conversation that the lives of animals are important for the overall health and well-being of of a community as an example we actually uh, work to to bring organizations together to help elevate that conversation. And, and earlier this year, we brought together a dozen nonprofits over in Tulsa to begin this process. And we basically did this by creating this group called Healthy Animals, Healthy Tulsa. It's an ad hoc group of these uh, nonprofit animal rescues and shelters. And through Healthy Animals, Healthy Tulsa, uh, we began engaging the candidates for Tulsa City Council on just general issues of animal welfare, uh, asking a series of questions uh, for those candidates to answer in advance of the August uh, 23rd election. And uh, we had a great response from this, the City Council candidates. We had a great conversation among those partners through their socials and their, their audiences around the issues that that we brought up as part of the survey and it is really something that we're hoping to replicate in community after community in Oklahoma bringing together the animal welfare community to help really raise the bar on the conversation that we're having with our elected representatives and policymakers in municipal government, about the importance of animal welfare. Tulsa was a great starting place for us. We've already had interest from uh, animal rescue and shelter groups in Oklahoma City, Enid, and other places across Oklahoma, and we really hope to to use this as a model that can be scaled in community after community to really uh, strengthen the relationship with policymakers, elected officials, and the like, and hopefully moving that, uh, moving that needle forward to uh, improve animal welfare in our state.
1: Yeah, one of the things we're always pushing for at OMAG is, you know, reach out to the municipalities around your municipality. And, you know, if, say, Sand Springs has a shelter or there are other smaller communities that really can't afford a shelter or they don't have the staff for a shelter. But I know Mike Carter, the city manager, and he's always open to collaborating or at least presenting issues like that to his city council. Let's help each other. There's resources that some of the bigger cities have that... I think they'd be willing to help
2: that is so true and and actually that's a great point we're getting ready to go into strategic planning for 2023 and 2024 and one of the things that we're really looking at is how can we create kind of a hub and spoke approach to this you know where we're uh we're pairing maybe some of the larger shelters in oklahoma with some outlying smaller shelters like norman you know maybe mentoring lexington and noble for example, or maybe uh, it's Ponca City working closer with Blackwell and Tonkawa and Newkirk up in northern Oklahoma. Spot on. Uh, that hub and spoke approach, I think, is is super important in how we approach our future work. And it's something that we are re- actively looking at as we go forward.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I just I think people are busy and they just don't think about asking their neighbors for help.
2: Well, and, and too, I mean, you know, a lot of it just comes down to resources and, uh, you know, there are some shelters in Oklahoma that just have very limited resources, you know, can the larger shelters help in some way there? I mean, I think those are all areas that we w- we definitely want to explore and to help, you, you know, the old saying, rising tide lifts all boats, right? And so we really hope that that rising tide of working collaboratively uh, will help raise the larger boat of animal welfare in Oklahoma.
1: Awesome. Kelly. So before we wrap up, what is the best way to reach you? If anybody's listening and wants more information about Common Bonds.
2: Sure. Well, we are on Facebook at Common Bonds OK, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, We have a website, commonbondsok.org. And you can always reach me by emailing info at commonbondsok.org. And we'll get back with you. Uh, We'd love to hear from you, hear uh, what successes you're having in your communities, what challenges you face, uh, who you're working with in your community and we'd love to help provide additional resources uh, as you are on the ground doing the work to save animal lives in your community.
1: Okay, well, thank you for joining me today.
2: Thank you, Susie. really appreciate the opportunity to sit down and visit with you about this and uh, hope you have a great day. Okay, thanks.
0: We hope you can take something away from this podcast that will help your city or town. You can find more information about OMAG on our website, at www.omag.org or on our Facebook page. Thanks for listening. If you have questions or ideas for a podcast topic, please send them to allaccess at omag.org. On the next episode of OMAG All Access.
3: You have two roles with OCABLE One. Obviously, you are going to be doing work and, and installing and maintaining utilities that you provide for your communities. But also, you're protecting those underground facilities that you're providing for your communities as well. So the better your mapping is with us, the fewer locates you're going to receive because they're going to be more relative to where your utilities are. And you can actually be more focused on both sides of the process. And then also, when it comes to technology, a positive response that I talked about earlier, going back and looking at the ticket and seeing where... This natural gas company has been there and they've already marked. This telecommunication company has already been there and already marked. And you can go all the way down and see that everybody's been there. Cool. Now you can mobilize your crew and go do something. If you're going down the list of the companies that it should have marked and somebody hasn't yet, cool. Can, can you use your crew somewhere else? Do you have more than one project going on? Can you help get a project done faster somewhere else while putting in a second notice and say, hey, telecommunication company? you haven't been here yet. We need you here by tomorrow because we are going to work tomorrow. So that gives a heads up to those who may not have made it in time before that work to begin a date and time. And you're planning ahead that much better. So use the technology of that communication tool.
0: This episode is copyright OMAG 2023 under the Creative Commons 4.0 attribution, non-commercial, non-derivatives international license. For more information, please visit creativecommons.org.